it's Monday Night Therapy. Welcome to a brand new year. It's 2024. Happy New Year. 2023 can't hurt us anymore. Unless you, I don't know if you screwed up your taxes, maybe it can. I, but it can't. And well, let's just move on. 2024 can't hurt us any. Wait, 2023 can't hurt us anymore. Todd is here with me. It's a Monday night. I wondered if we should do this in the middle of, uh, you know, big football games going on. And I thought, what the hell? If I moved it to Tuesday, I wasn't be, I wouldn't be as excitable. Roger Moore says comes in firing. If my mouse will work. <laughs> Todd said Roger Moore says Todd did not watch the Michigan game. No, he didn't. He didn't because he's an angry old man. That's <laughs> isn't that right? That is right. That is yeah. right. I'll tell you what. This is this is really sucked. Not watching any football today. I have watched. I watched uh, an interesting hockey game. You know that outdoor event in Seattle. So I watched that today, and I watched uh, some of the Liverpool soccer game. Um, Liverpool is not my team, but they're a good one. So I watched that today, and I read and made a big pot of chili. But God, not watching any football. That's been hard, you know. But. I said I wasn't going to watch any, so I haven't watched any. You're a man of your word. I get well. I'm trying to be. You know what um, you you know what you did. Did you know what you did? What did I do? I, I I think this is really you know you owe you owe Iowa an apology because this was Brian Ferentz's last game as offensive coordinator of Iowa, and he you know he did well. He there they didn't score point, which. But their defense gave up 35 points to Tennessee, and they got uh, – Dara, I didn't watch too much of it because after a while it was just really honestly not very competitive, and it was kind of boring. And I just flipped over every once in a while to see if they're going to score, are they going to score? No, they didn't, and they were terrible. And it was fun watching all the Iowa fans go insane on Twitter. And you missed all of that, Todd. What the hell? Well, I was watching some of the Twitter. So it, Three, wasn't, okay. it, wasn't, it wasn't such that I was completely – because I – you know – in my boredom, I was watching Twitter, and I thought some things were really interesting. They put a statistic up about how many FBS teams have have uh, been shut out three times in in a season, and then they put the records behind them. Yeah, yeah. All the other teams that have been shut out three times or more um, have been like two and nine or two and ten or you know that those kinds of records. And here, here Iowa sits ten and three, and have been shut out three times this season. You know what's what sucks about this whole thing is that in all likelihood, Kirk Ferentz is going to find a better offensive coordinator. And I, is he though? Is he? Well, who knows? Who knows? But can can is there somebody worse than Brian Ferentz? I mean, you know, yes. Well, okay, you are. Um, but, but, you know, Kirk Ferentz. Maybe not. <laughs> Kirk Ferentz had a couple of us offensive coordinators uh, that, you know, were with him for a long time, um, you know, when he was at Iowa. And, you know, they apparently could get that offense to work. Um, yeah, whoever the offensive coordinator is going to be at Iowa you know, he can't come in, you know, they're not going to wing zing fling it all. They're not hiring Cliff Kingsbury, you know, right. I mean, you know, it's going to be somebody that has that same philosophy, but you know, the other thing to say about it is, is that Brian Ferentz 
is a jerk. He's a bully. He's a racist. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, whatever. But, you know, here, Mitch Carlson makes a good point. Wait, wait. You just uh, jumping in. Oh, you're just taking over now. No, I just wanted to put I just okay. saw it, John. Okay. Iowa What's fans that? want a complete regime change. They want Kirk gone. Iowa fans have wanted Kirk Ferentz gone for 10 years. All Kirk Ferentz does is win football games, but Iowa yeah. fans have wanted him gone because Iowa fans are like anybody else. Once you start winning a lot, and they have won a lot, I mean, no, they haven't been national champions, but Kirk Ferentz has never taken them to that level, you know, and their expectations build, and they expect, you know, to be, you know, to win in the Big Ten, just like Nebraska. We expect right. our team, you know, to win, win at a high level, and eventually win championships. So, so you didn't. Speaking of other guys that people want gone, you know what? Wait a minute. We gotta take a. We gotta take a super chat from Prance and Chab. Thanks for the ten bucks. I really hope. I really hope Monday Night Therapy remains, even when things become great for Nebraska again. This by far is the best show on this channel. I hope everyone has a great year. Thank you very much, Branson. Thank you. And we plan on, on continuing and, you know, the therapy may take, you know, a different approach and, but we know when Nebraska was with, I froze. <laughs> Keep going. We know when Nebraska was winning, people were still complaining. People were feeling stressed. People yes. had anxiety. So we can still provide a service to everyone. It's just going to be a little bit different. I did see Fred asked earlier on, I am drinking Crosto. Crostobert Fest. Crostobert Fest. That's what I'm drinking tonight. A, 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 a Nebraska, a Nebraska uh, craft brew that uh, was a Christmas present. Okay. Did, so you didn't watch Ohio State either. And uh, Ohio State, Missouri, you know, Missouri looked pretty good. And you're kind of shocked a little bit going, wow, is this Missouri? And after the game, I said, I tweeted, well, Ryan Dace for certain has to be fired now. There are a lot of Ohio State fans that want him gone. And that amazed I you know what? Ramsey Nezrail, I interviewed him, I think, during the pandemic. He's a friend of mine. He runs Eleven Warriors, the very large Ohio State website. Uh, he is a guy who wants Ryan Day fired. And I, I when I look at him, I look at a guy who who knows a lot of people at Ohio State. He knows a lot about Ohio State's history. You know, he's a guy that uh, I trust his opinion. And I think he's right about Ryan Day and that Ryan Day just isn't going to make the changes to get back up to where Ohio State expects. Because here's Ohio State's expectations. They expect that they're going to be the best team in the nation because they're Ohio State no matter who their coach is. And I think there's a certain level of truth in that. But at the same time, my God, you had a well, – yeah, go ahead. I got a question for you, John, before you go on with that. And it's relative yeah. to Ohio State. You know, are you surprised that that Ryan Day mishandled his quarterback situation as bad as he did? And and what I'm saying here is, you know, he had Quinn Ewers there, who was, yep. you know, backing up um uh TJ Stroud. And Ewers left. And he's the starter at Texas, and he's got him in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, then he had um, – oh, God, I'm drawing a blank on names. Uh, the kid this year. And, Arch you know, he was 11-1. and one. 
Right. He was on 11 and 1. And um, apparently 11 and 1 at Ohio State's not good enough because Ryan Day, apparently, you know, after that last game, didn't give him any kind of a vote of confidence. And so then they go strolling into a bowl game with two guys that basically hadn't seen the field and they couldn't get the job done. So is, you know, is the next Ohio State quarterback in waiting? Is he is he ready to come in? And who I thought Ryan Day, you know, kind of made his mark as a quarterback coach, you know, with Urban Meyer. I think that's the thing is they're they're in a position. Look, it's got to be painful that for them. Michigan just beat Alabama, and Michigan's going to play for a national title. Now, I I kind of watched the game, and I usually don't pick a team to root for. My feelings, emotions take over, and I thought, here I am rooting for a bunch of cheating bastards even because I'm tired of Alabama being that successful, and I'm tired of seeing the Big Ten poop itself in big games. And so, you know, Michigan wins. It's <laughs> it's going to be ironic if they win a national title and it's a giant asterisk. But, uh, you know, the Ohio State fans have to be going bonkers because of all the hate they have for Michigan. And I think when you look at Ryan Day, you kind of get where Nan, Nan, Ramsey, my friend from Ohio State, gets this thing where, like you said, he mishandles just the smallest of things and that won't keep them from, you know, being the best. And that's what they their expectation is. And my my whole thing with that is, God, I, I can't wait to be that delusional again, Todd. I think it's coming. I, 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 I look forward too. to it. I look forward to being that guy that goes, we're 10 and 1 and we took it and bitching about the one loss. I just, I, oh, uh, I want that. Well, you know, be careful what you wish for, I guess. But uh, it, you know, you, you mentioned Michigan wishing or winning a national championship with that big asterisk. You know, the bigger the bigger asterisk. What do you? Th- what what will be the bigger fu when it's all said and done? That Michigan wins the Natty, and Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, or Jim Harbaugh stays at Michigan. Which is the bigger fu? I think the bigger FU will be when Washington beats Texas tonight and then they win the national title beating <laughs> Michigan. All right, let's take some comments. Uh, David Matney begins way right when we started saying Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to everybody that supported us throughout 2023. I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, let's say he also says, I cannot stand Michigan. You are not alone. There were a lot of people I asked on Twitter, and there are a lot of people that said, I hate Michigan. Uh, Michael Hasman says, I dislike all four playoff teams. Thankfully, the Tuscaloosa tin pot dictator did not do it again this year. How can you hate Washington? Although, you know, Nebraska has that history with Washington if you're old Yeah, Nebraska does have a little history, but of all of the four teams, they're the only ones I can stomach. You know, I can cheer for Washington. You know, they got kind of an interesting coach there, you know, who – coached in the Great Plains Athletic Conference. I mean, he was an NAIA coach that, you know, he wasn't – he he was given nothing, you know, and he's gone out to Washington and he's done quite well. So, you know, I am cheering for them. I I honestly, of, of the games that are being played, um, you know, I, I would hope Washington would beat Texas. And I was cheering for the uh, Tin Pot Dictator today. I did not want to see Michigan win. Uh, the cheating bastards, I did not want to see them win. And, you know, let loose, let, let, uh, 
let Saban, you know, he, he can win another one for God's sakes. That's who ESPN wants to win. So, you know, they make yeah. all the decisions. Roger Moore asks, does, does the Michigan win put dollars in the Big Ten conference pockets? Do you want to take that? Um, you know, you probably have a better handle on how that money's distributed. I know that you get a certain amount for making the playoff, but, you know, I, my guess is, is that if you make the championship game, you get more. And if you win, you might get more. And the way those contracts have been negotiated, they do go to the conferences. So, yeah, they or do. A portion. A portion. And the good, good thing, the good thing is, yes, yes, basically it does put money in the Big Ten. The good thing is, I think, over the conference we left years ago, the Big 12, the Big Ten divides all that stuff evenly so that it's a, you know, everybody gets a fair shot at the money, unlike the Big 12, where, quite frankly, Nebraska benefited from, from it more than, like, Ohio, Iowa State, who got screwed. Oh, and yeah. I, I think the way the Big Ten does things are, is is very equitable. It's very good. Uh, Dana Williams says, sad to see all the empty seats in most of the bowl games. Well, well, when you have 832 damn bowl games, <laughs> you're going to have some empty seats. Well, you know, the, here, the thing is, Dana, these bowl games are not for people to travel to them. They are for ESPN to put content on that people watch more than – ESPN basically owns almost all of these bowl games, and that's why there's so many of them is because ESPN makes a fair amount of money off bowl games, even if nobody shows up. So the ad revenue coming into those, I mean, think about it. What do you watch on ESPN? Do you watch live sports or do you watch talk shows? Who watches talk shows on ESPN anymore? Not very many people watch talk shows. Yeah. And so, so, But I think it's also relevant that Washington didn't sell their whole allotment. And, you know, when you're playing in a, in a first-round playoff game, um, and and you don't sell your allotment. I think that that speaks volumes as well. Um, you know, now I don't know if Washington fans are saving up so that they hopefully have enough, you know, in their in their bank accounts to go watch a national championship game or not. But here's something that I didn't think about until today when I when I read that Washington had not sold their whole allotment. I guarantee if Washington had played in the Rose Bowl today in that yeah. playoff game. Washington fans would have sold out their allotment. But then who wants to see Alabama playing a whole home game in the Sugar Bowl? You know, the best thing that could happen in light of who the teams were in, in the Final Four in the playoffs, the one team you did not want playing in the Sugar Bowl was Alabama. You did not want them there. Okay, uh, Fred Sacco comes in with, I have a friend who's a Buc Buckeyes fan, and he's a reasonably smart person, and even he, he wants Day gone, Ryan Day fired. I still don't get that. Well, they're, they're a different breed. They're a different breed, Fred, and, and I, we want to join their ranks of insanity. That's what we want to do. That's our goal as Nebraska fans. Uh, Mitch Carlson says, if Day gets fired, I hope they'll go to Madison and take Fickle from the Badgers just because I can't stand the Badgers, and that will upset them. Wisconsin probably played as well as they have all season today against LSU. I thought that was a very good game. They ended up losing, but they, you know Tanner Morikai played pretty well. He's gone for next year. Uh, I think Wisconsin's in good hands with Luke Fickle. Uh, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. 
My, Michael Hassman says Buckeyes fans take entitlement to unreasonable levels. They have endured very few bad seasons in the last 70 plus years and still cry like entitled little babies. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I, I, I want some of that. I want that. I do. Have I said you that? Know, even, even when they had John Cooper as their, as their head coach, they were winning a lot of football games, but it wasn't enough, you know? And, but, Okay, look in the mirror. <laughs> where where were we as Nebraska fans, right. you know, 25 years ago? Now, we've had you – no, know, Ohio State has not gone through the hell that we have gone through in the last 20 years. So I'm not <laughs> trying to draw that. Okay, you're supposed to be starred some of these. I have starred some. But here, I'll okay. show you one to okay. start. I got okay. a appreciate Highlander gun. He, he invented a drink. It's called uh, One Shot Jägermeister, One Shot Rumple Mints, Double Shot of Espresso, and Eight Ounces of Prune Juice. It's called a blowout. Yeah, I would blow that out. But at my age, you know, that might be that that might be something that I need. Um, so I'll, I'm going to have to screenshot that one. I might have to keep that one in mind. Okay. Uh Washington is up seven to nothing. If I if I tell the score, Todd, is that is that is that irritating? That's not cheating. That's not okay. cheating. I'm not cheating. Washington is up seven to nothing. Texas is driving. They're on the six yard line, five yard line. Uh, Fred Sasso. Well, you could have kept your mouth shut just so I wouldn't feel bad. There is that. John Fred Sacco says John Cooper he could fuck up a wet dream. I get there if they're comparing Ryan Day to John Cooper. I understand why they want Ryan Day fired because I I I get that John Cooper won a ton of games, but he just couldn't you know he just couldn't get that last part up there. Uh, okay, uh, well we got to take this one. I don't know if you saw yeah. you all saw this tonight on this Twitter. Is huge, huge, huge. Kingsley Gibbons says, what are your thoughts on Taylor Landfair coming to Nebraska fall volleyball? Pretty big news. Taylor Landfair is uh, from Minnesota. She was the Big Ten Player of the Year in 2022. Is that right? Yes. I think yes. so, yeah. Um, first team All-American in 2022. Yes, first team All-American. That, that, the amazing thing about this, I think, is this. You look at Nebraska's team, you didn't really see anybody leave that put in a lot of minutes. You had a couple of people, some people hit the transfer portal, and you still are pulling in more talent and making your team better. And that's just, I don't know how they're going to fit all these players on a team, but they're getting them. I mean, that's amazing. You know, I, 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 I said this earlier today. And I'll, I'll share it with you. I think 2024 is going to be the most interesting year of all of our lives. All of our lives. And we'll just stay to sports for this. But, I mean, you think about all the changes that are coming in in 2024. I mean, Nebraska's volleyball team is going to reemerge with the same level of talent with another year of experience. Uh, you look at 2024 – going to be probably the biggest change in college football since you know i've done the history stuff i got the history channel stuff going this is the biggest change in college football since well 1912 since they invented modern football i mean it's literally decades and decades of our life you can you can go back in the 1960s and see where joe paterno was 
lobbying for a playoff system. You know, if you go back through the stuff that all the coaches were doing then, so 1960 to now, and you've got a 12 team playoff coming in next year. And, you know, this year we had a lot of arguments about did Florida State belong? Did they not belong? Well, that that resulted in probably the biggest, I, I, well, I'll call it a tragedy. Uh, you know, the bowl game, 63 to three, Florida State, Georgia. I only watched a little bit of it. I'd flip over like I did with Iowa and see it. And it was a, you know what? It was a fiasco. It was an embarrassment to college football. And I, I, I don't think it was an embarrassment because Florida State players decided to opt out or declare for the NFL draft. I mean, they're doing what's been in their best interest. A lot of them went to the transfer portal. A lot of them were going into the NFL draft. They're looking out for their futures. And they know because the college football playoff committee basically told them this is a worthless bowl game. That's what they said to them when they didn't pick them. Now, would would Michigan have played Florida State a little bit better? Well, Alabama lost. So I don't, you know, or we would have never known, but I think Florida State got shafted and uh it showed up in that game. Bowl games for years have been about who wants to be there most. You know, it isn't just now because of nil or the transfer portal, but they do need to fix this stuff. And I'm not 100% sure how they're going to fix it. Well, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet had a solution today, I'm told. Did he? It was, was the solution to give everything to ESPN? No, he said get rid of all the bowl games. Go Just stick with the playoffs and, and put all the focus on the playoffs. And then those games will be meaningful. You won't have to worry about players opting out because they're not going to opt out of playoff games. And, you know, I quite honestly, you know, the traditionalist in me, you know, I think it really, really stinks that players opt out of games, you know, regardless of what bowl it is. You know, if it's the Pop-Tarts Bowl, the Cheez-It Bowl or the Orange Bowl, you know, you're part of a team. You're part of a team and you've made a commitment to that team. And, you know, I had the, I've had this argument with people on Slack and coordination and stuff for quite a few years where they say, you know, these top draft picks or potential draft picks, they don't blame them at all, looking out for their own best interest. You know, that could be millions of dollars. I mean, yeah, there was that quarterback from Ole Miss a couple years ago that chose to play in the bowl game, and he did get hurt. And it did impact his draft stock a bit. But he still got drafted and had an opportunity to make it in the NFL. But, you know, I – regardless of, you know, nil or too many games or whatever it might be. Um, I'm just not, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm just too old school in my thinking, you know, it's, it's team before me. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're only part of this because you're on part of a team. You, you don't, you, you are not who you are if it wasn't for that team that you made a commitment to. And so yeah. I just, it absolutely sucks that these guys are opting out. I don't know that there's a damn thing you can do about it. Right. I've heard some people say, you know, change the portal. You can't change the portal. If you're right. going to have the portal, you got to give these kids an opportunity, the kids and the coaches, to scout, to recruit a little bit. And when it's all said and done, they still have to have time to enroll and get accepted into whatever college they're going to. It's not a rubber stamp, you know, right. just because they say they want to go somewhere. So, yeah, that's a frustration. But, you know, 
I don't I don't like the number of bowl games anywhere. I think with the playoffs, if you have if you have somewhere around 10, 10 bowl games, you know, then then you've got you know what? You got 12 in the playoffs and then 10 more. That's 22 teams. That's enough. That's enough teams that that's your top 25, you know, in a manner of speaking. And they're the ones that have demonstrated throughout the course of the year that they're quality football teams. Todd, did you do you missed one of the funnest things in college football this season? And that was the pop tart. That was the pop tart bowl. I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> you had an edible mascot who at the end of the game was actually eaten in a very bizarre manner. It was really odd, but it was fun as hell. And the thing is, is everybody's talking about the Pop-Tart mascot. The game was incredible. Kansas State beat North Carolina State. It was really, really, really fun game. Uh, you know, and then you have today you have the Cheez-It Bowl. But, 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 but hold on. Let's see. Uh, well, Paul Dale, and we'll take two of these in a row from him. Uh, like Chinese parable, interesting. Do you, do you know a Chinese curse, Todd? A Chinese curse? Yes, there's a Chinese curse that says, may you have an interesting life. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Wasn't it Get Smart that said, very interesting? That was on Laugh-In. That was... Uh, oh, yes. You know, the, the guy that played the Germany come out of the... It's very interesting, but stupid. Artie somebody. Yeah, uh, yeah or Artie Nelson, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Dallin also comes in with bowl games are private enterprises. As long as they make money or serve some other utility, they will exist. That is I, very I, true. I, I don't think that's bad. I think that we can spend part of this, you know, off season come up, coming up with all of the, uh, the cures for college football, how to fix college football that maybe we should do that next week. You come up with your plan. I'll come up with my plan. Everybody else okay. in the comments, you come up with your plans too. And we'll all meet together and we'll fix the world. That was kind of squeaky. <laughs> okay, James Boardman, $10 Super Chat. Thank you very much. What do you think about players opting out but are still on the sidelines in sweats? I wasn't I, done reading that. No, put it back that, up. I'm, that's my mistake. My mistake. Sorry, James. <laughs> As a coach, I wouldn't let that happen. I think the thing about that is, uh, you know, they are players for the teams. There are some guys in sweats that have been injured or dealing with injuries. I think that here's the thing. I know that. Uh, well, Todd, you you respond to that as a I've got an opinion. Oh, and Mitch Mitch has the same opinion. Opt out and then have the balls to sit on the sideline with their gold chains giving interviews. Hell no, hell no. You don't sit on the sidelines if you've opted out. Todd, they're That's part of garbage. The team. They're part of the huh? team. They're part no. of the team. They yeah. are not. They left the team. That, they quit the team. The day that they opted out, they quit the team. Do you think you'd be successful dealing with this generation? Do it with that no. kind of attitude. Yeah, no. exactly. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which leads me to something else I want to ask everybody. I'm tired of seeing the word soft everywhere. Everywhere I look, everything's soft. Everybody's soft. It, it's are we gonna see more of the term soft used all over the place? As we go into 2024, we're going to see the word soft used less in 2024. You know, I do have a little commentary on that. Okay. And this is the best night 
to bring this up. And I'm really going to oh try. To, I'm going to try hard to to not go too far off the reservation. But the fact that we got Fred Sacco here tonight and Don Dre, both of them will recognize the name that I'm going to say next. Mike Denny. Oh, okay. Mike Denny was the head wrestling coach at UNO until Trev Alberts disgracefully ended the program. That's all I'm going to editorialize about Trev Albert. Okay. For this night. But Mike Denny was an incredible wrestling coach. He's an incredible human being. And when the program was cut at UNO, he went down to St. Louis to Maryville University and started a program from scratch down there and had them national champions before you could blink an eye. I mean, just amazing. Mark Manning, Nebraska's coach, was a wrestler for Coach Denny at UNO. So the guy had it. And I was, uh, I got to, I was fortunate on Saturday that I spent some time with him um, at an anniversary party um, where we both had a mutual friend that he and his wife had been married now for 60 years. And it had been quite a while since I had a chance to talk to Coach Denny. And I asked him this question. We talked a lot and I asked him this. I said, you know, I had a conversation a few years ago about wrestlers. And I said, I posed this question to someone who had a lot of historical knowledge about wrestlers. And I said, are today's wrestlers, the best wrestlers today, are they superior to the best wrestlers from 25, 30, 35 years ago? And Mike Denny said the same thing that this other guy said. He kind of scratched his chin and he says, that's an interesting question. And he said, what I would say about the wrestlers today is that they have technical superiority. Right. They have skills. And I would say that about volleyball players. I would say that about yeah. baseball players. I would say that about young football players. Think of all of the coaching that these kids are getting from the time they're little boogers. They're, you know, all the way up. Their skill development is incredible. But what they don't have is that mental toughness. They don't have that grit. They aren't those kids that grew up having to do hard labor doing something that they didn't like to do. Now, they might swing a baseball bat 100 times a day or spike a ball 200 times a day, but that's a lot different than having to be, you know, having being expected to do other kinds of hard things. They haven't had to do that many hard things in their life. So the answer to the question is the word soft. I think soft is, is an unfortunate word that people often use, but I don't think that we have that level of mental toughness that a lot of athletes in the past had. I think it's different. Right. And some people might want to call that entitlement. Don't know. But mental mental toughness is, is where I think. Resilience. 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 There you go. That's yeah. not all of them. That's not all of them. There are some right. incredibly resilient athletes out there. But well, I, look, I, look, I think look, it is different. Branson Chab gives you a super chat and Todd claps. He's clapping for you, Todd. That was from earlier. That was from the earlier ranty bit. Well, uh, I guess I'm ranty. Okay. Our, our own Beth Merrigan, our volleyball, uh, the best volleyball person ever, ever in the world says uh, about Taylor Landfair, six foot five outside hitter, slower, not an ex excellent passer. Curious to see how she integrates. And I think, uh, you know, that's that'll be stuff we can talk about during the offseason with Beth. 
Um, well, that's going to be the question because the chemistry on that team is huge. Huge. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. James Boardman said FSU had players opt out before the game and opt out during the game. And it you watched them play, and it certainly looked like that. I mean, it was really unfortunate. They uh, had over 30 players who, for one reason or another, did not play in that game. Yeah. That's a travesty. They, they should have done what I said at the beginning. When they didn't get picked, you know, that Monday night that we were on, and um, they said and, – and they did not get picked to go into the playoffs – I said they should just boycott it, say the hell with it. And they yeah. should have. They they virtually they kinda, did. They kind of did. And I I don't think Kirby Smart up there after the game talked about how college football needs to decide what it wants and fix the problem because I don't think he had. You know I'm sure the Georgia fans were delighted with beating the shit out of Florida State, but you you know watching Osborne teams when they beat the hell out of Kansas State and Iowa State all those years ago. Some of the they just weren't the best games ever. So I'm sure Kirby Smart was like, great, we won a game, but it wasn't really a game. I don't think he probably is a good – I think he's a good coach. I don't think he took a lot of joy from that. Vince Watson says, how many years of 12 teams before the powers that be want more dollars and go to 16? I'd say two. Five? I'll give it five. I'll give it five. I'm, I'm going to give it two or three, and the reason why I'm going to get it to two or three is they're still holding the playoff games at bowls. And I think that they're going to do that for two years and then people are going to go, I'm not paying shit tons of money to travel to watch my team play in Southern places three weeks in a row or two weeks in a row. The, the, they, you're they, absolutely right with that, John. Yeah. They just, they can't do that. If people are, if, you know, I think that this, although, although, you know, there are a lot of people with money that just like throwing money around and like going to events, but they got to spend $5,000 for a ticket. But so you know what? Be fine. John, there are there are, there's a lot of Washington fans with money that chose not to not to go all the way to New Orleans. Well, that's true. And you know, so you know, the, by some design it looks like what four teams are going to have a bye in this 12 team um 12 team playoff. Um so you know, you're you're talking about potentially four teams that would have to uh that would have three games to, to buy tickets for and travel. I, I don't know. I, it's, um, it's, it's confusing to me. I, I don't understand why. Well, I do. It's TV, but even with TV, I don't understand why it's so hard for FBS not to, not to emulate what they do at FCS division two, II, division three. You know they have. Yeah, you, you, come on, Todd. You know how you know why it's hard. Well, it's the Bulls standing in the way. Yeah, it's because you know this. You're old. I'm old. When when I'm talking to some of, when I'm talking to my customers, sometimes I go. So when are you going to retire? I'm going to make it another three, four years. Okay. Well, then you do we retire? I'll retire too. That's what happens when old men run things. That's why you don't get change that's necessary. You know all these people that are running the college football playoff committee. They're looking at their orange bowl buddy or their sugar bowl buddy and going, well, Bob, how long do you want to be a bowl manager? I'm, you know, I'd like to get another two, three years out of it, Jim. Okay, we'll keep you involved. That's how this shit works. You know that. It, it, just, it just is baffling to me because every one of the f- college levels of football has a workable, 
a workable playoff system. It's regionalized. There's a system in place where conference champions get automatic bids. I mean, it's it works, and it's worked very well for years. Okay, Paul Dalen. I'm retired. Paul Dalen throws in a super chat, and he says, "Everyone proposing limits on this and that should remember that we have these things because the NCAA is trying to avoid litigation. Restricting use would undermine the whole reason for them. So, plus, there's not a there's not a legal structure for most of the things that people really want to do. Thank you, Paul. By the way, there's not a legal structure in place for all any of this stuff that they think the NCAA should do with nil." or the portal transfer. And that's why the NCAA is probably going to go away in two or three years. They're going to vote. They're going to vote. Uh, I'm not sure when the vote is, but it's not too far away on creating like a new super division for college sports where you're required. If you join that division, that you're going to be paying each one of your athletes like $30,000 a year. I, I so you're you going what, to be paying them as nil. So. I think that's going too far. I, I honestly think, and there's a lot of people that have had this idea, just take FBS football off. Just let let college football be its own damn thing at, at the highest level. And NCAA, they can handle the structures for everything else. Well, until CBS thinks they need to, you know, have more control over basketball. But, you know, just, just let them go and then regionalize all of the rest of your sports. We can go back to some sanity with everything else. This is the Chip Kelly proposition. There you go. It makes absolutely no sense for Oregon to be flying a volleyball team to New Jersey. Right. To play play a Friday night. That makes no sense. Okay. We'll take some other ones for a while. Husker yeah. 2012 says, could the Husker ones beat FSU's twos, threes? Yes. Uh, n- no. Yes. N- no. No, we couldn't. We, we never guys. saw the Husker ones. The Husker ones in football? We saw the Husker twos and threes. I don't understand what you mean. How long, how many games did the number one quarterback at Nebraska play? No. How, how many games did the number one running back how many well, games a, did the number one wide receivers how many games we never saw the husker number ones play together well that except is for the first that game of the true. season that is true that, that's a good point so you think yes yeah okay i'll go with <laughs> Sorry, that i'm not, not gonna argue <laughs> todd's uh todd's prunes are hitting him uh let's see then we get that one 12 david Matney says if they pay nil shouldn't there be some obligation to pay out the season uh you would think so i would think so i think that would be part of contracts i was trying to get my hands on some nil contracts but unfortunately i haven't been able to do that yet so you would think they'd be written in that manner but i don't think they're they're that strict and there's probably some legal level that you can't for you can't i don't know maybe you can't put that into a contract uh let's see what else we got here huh. i got one todd, todd take over for a minute okay uh i need to breathe since i was disappointed to see chubba enter the portal 
Um, I don't think you're alone with that, David. I, yeah. I think that, you know, quite a few people and, and judging by some of his comments made during his press conference after signing day, I think that uh, it may have caught Matt Rule a little bit off guard. Um, and, and maybe maybe that's all speculation, but um, Chubba is going to, you know, Chubba's at that point in his career where he expects to be a starting quarterback. And, you know, things didn't uh, work out for him this season. And so, um, you know, he's going to he's going to find greener pastures. And it looks like there are some some teams that have reached out to him. Teams have played in bowl games <laughs> have reached out to him, um, you know, and offering him an opportunity to play. So maybe maybe Chubbo will land on his feet somewhere. Geez, John, this is here. Here's one that I thought was kind of interesting. Fred uh, responding to Roger Moore. Yeah, Pate, Texas more than OU, but OU is not built physically for the SEC. Uh, be like us when we hit the Big Ten. Um, you know, Fred, I hadn't thought about that until you brought that up. And, um, you know, the SEC conference is a, a pretty physical football yeah, conference, is. too. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I don't I don't disagree with you at all on that. Uh, I'd hate to think that Texas is going to do better in the SEC than OU. I mean, I've always been able to to cheer for OU unless they're playing against us. Um, but oh wow, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think it looked like when Brent Venables came in, Oklahoma had the right coach, but uh, I think Texas under Steve Sarkeesian has the writer coach. I think Venables will be fine at Oklahoma. He's a good coach, but, uh, you know, Texas is, uh, well, they're in the college football playoff. They are in the football playoff. And, um, hey, Steve Sarkeesian can coach. He can yeah. coach. You know, he if he's overcome his demons and – you know, if he can, he, if he can make that work, um, you know, who knows? Who knows how well uh, he can do at Texas? He's got, he's got tremendous resources there. Okay, I, 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 I. Branson Chab says, "Our channel membership still available?" Yes, they are. For like a dollar ninety nine a month or something, you can purchase a channel membership, and I think you get emojis. I'm gonna look at how I'm doing some of these things during the off season, so. Uh, we'll see what happens. Here's one for you, John. Hey, John, how many seasons? This is from uh, Husker Chuck. Hey, John, how many seasons will primetime last at Colorado? I think 2000. I, I got my number, and I'm 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 holding it below my table. Are you? Are you? Yeah. I think, and I, I promise think I won't change it, no matter what you say. I think one more. I think his son will graduate, and he'll see the hell with it. And I honestly, I think 2024 is the year that everybody realized we're probably going to see the same thing happen early in the season that we saw happen this season is, oh, prime. He's look at how good all he's got all these players. And then he's going to fizzle out and then everybody's going to see him for the fraud he is. Todd. Well, I said two total. <laughs> so that's the same. That's the same thing that you said. I don't see prime. You know, shoot, he's lost both his offensive and defensive coordinators. Right. And um, 
I, yeah, I don't see things getting a whole lot better. You know, he they'll be a high flying offensive team again this year. He's going to bring in some some really good athletes. Yeah, um, he'll probably figure out how to get them all ready to go. But you know, there's a lot of uh, Shadur Sanders on tape now, and and there's you know teams have got him figured out. We'll see, we'll see how he's done. Um, Mitch Carlson comes and says, following up on our conversation earlier, Chuba would have been a better number three than Harburg, but he was never going to get ahead of Kalen or Harburg. After four years, he's a 50% passer with a turnover issue. Uh, you know, Mitch, where, where I'm coming from is that Dylan Rayola and Danny Kalen have two things. They both have the same thing that Chuba Purdy doesn't have, and that is they are freshmen, freshmen. And – if, if you're going to take a team that everybody hopes is going to have a winning season, if you're going to take them out on the field and your top two quarterbacks last year were playing high school football, I think that that is a scary, scary proposition. I think both of those guys need some time, you know, to, to learn the ropes. And if you had Chubba Purdy there, at least you got some experience in the room that you could fall back on. Uh, I, I'm not so naive to say that Dylan Rayola wouldn't be the starting quarterback for the first game of the season if Chuba was there. You know, that may well be the case. But when he blows up and they've given him a second and a third chance to ride himself, at least then you got Chuba Purdy that may be able to step in and do the job. So that's that's my opinion on that. Washington has just scored from the two running right up the middle on a nice misdirection. Roger Moore, I, I thank you for this. You always have to – it's important to keep this in front of us, that the greener pastures in Iowa are reserved for the cheerleaders. Yes, in fact, they are. Uh, they have had drought conditions over there, and uh, I've talked to a lot of Iowans in the last few weeks, and they are quite concerned there's been limited snowfall, which is not helping matters at all. So um, it might be tough for the cheerleaders over there uh, going into, into next season if, if something doesn't happen. David Manny says, do we go back to the time when we had the coaches poll and the writers poll? Uh, I think you'll see something like that, but they won't count for anything. I mean, you put it this way. You have a college football playoff committee deciding things. And when you have people like that in charge, they don't willingly just give it up. They don't give up their power. You know, if you give somebody power, they're, they're, they don't willingly just go, oh, here, you can have it back. Nobody does that. I wouldn't. So. And then uh, Fred Sacco comes in with a little bit after that, and he said the polls will be placed by artificial intelligence powered by always be winner Herbie. Thank you for always remembering that, Fred. Okay. Well, now, now I'm now I'm kind of kicking myself for not watching <laughs> the game. According to James Boardman, the Texas coaches are dressed like Russian pimps tonight. A, I have no idea what a Russian pimp looks like. B, um, I'm having a hard time figuring out why they would be dressing like pimps when they're playing in New Orleans. Well, well okay, now it makes sense. Yeah. They are from Texas. I mean, you know. Uh, Russell Mavis comes in and says, any word on potential quarterback coaching candidates? No. 
There has been no word whatsoever. Nobody's heard anything. And uh, I wouldn't find that disturbing. Maybe that means that our quarterback coach is in the NFL. And as we know, they are still playing. I, you know, you didn't watch the NFL, did you, either? Yeah. Oh, did you watch the Packers beat the shit out of the Vikings? I watched some of it before I got tired. I was I was in bad shape yesterday, man. <laughs> it was uh, ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, Todd. I think it was my I think it was uh, my reaction to a COVID shot that I had the day before. Really? Oh, so it wasn't had, prunes. It wasn't no, prunes it wasn't mixed prunes. with funky. Oh. <laughs> no, it was not the blowout. But uh, no, uh, rough day yesterday. So I did watch some of it. What the hell is this? Charles Hullett's Charles Hullett, Hullett starts the beginning of a short story. This one time in Toronto, a Russian pimp bought drinks for our lady friends. You should write the rest of that up, and you know we, yeah, we Charles, can. I want to know where that goes from no here. Shit. Uh, wait, uh, there's a new guy, Gerald Slaymaker. That is a hell of a name. I heard Scott Frost interviewed at Iowa. Uh, those were rumors. I, Kirk would never run anything related to anything close that Scott Frost would run as an offense. Uh, I think Kirk is just going to, he's probably going to have, he's going to like hire somebody else that gets their entire playbook from Brian Ferenz just to stick it to everybody. <sighs> okay, what else? Um, oh, wait, here it is. Mike Corgan, track suits and gold chains. Okay. You know, you know did, did I, I thought about that, Todd. Did, you know, I got the robe going. Do you think I should mix in some gold chains with it? Yeah, and a pipe. But <laughs> I don't think gold chains go with a pipe. You got to do one or the other. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near a pipe. Okay. <laughs> we're at the, we're I forgot 10 about left. that. I forgot about the Russian pimps and the gold chains and tractions. I should have known that. Okay. What's next? Uh, What is next? I I don't know. I'm flipping over here, gandering the game a little bit more. You know, I I guess with with football – you know what we're going to the recruiting season is going to pick up hot and heavy again here in January um, where, you know, coaches can get out. Um, you know, there's going to have to be some decisions made by people in the portal. And, um, you know, I, I would expect that we're going to hear quite a bit, you know, over the next week or so, you know, trying to keep kind of keep things alive or keep enthusiasm up. But um, we also have, we also have basketball season where both teams now are going to play exclusively in, you know, the Big Ten Conference. Um, it, it There's optimism for both of them. Uh, I don't follow those teams like a lot of people do, but um, I think it would be great if, if both teams made it to the NCAA tournament. You know, perhaps yeah. the men have a little bit more work cut out for them than the women. Women had a huge win out at Maryland. Uh, first time um, – well, no, it was – yeah, it was at Maryland. Uh, first time they've they've won out there, so you know that's really good. Um, wrestling season is going to kick into full gear. Uh, wrestling team right now, Flow Wrestling has them ranked number two. Um, they're going to have a home duel against the Iowa Hawkeyes 
in uh, not too long, which, uh, you know, if you're hanging around Lincoln, Nebraska, and you want to go see some people absolutely lose their minds. And John can attest to this. Yes, yeah. John, John, yeah. John um, actually was able to get up close to quite a oh. few, quite a few coaches um, when he was shooting film at the uh, Big Ten tournament up in Minneapolis one year, and he uh, truly appreciates the uh, total insanity um, that uh, is exhibited by um, is totally exhibited by wrestling coaches. Go ahead, John. What do you got? Okay. Well, number one, Highlander Gun says, what's the score, John? Well, it's 14 to 7, Washington. Texas just punted. Washington muffed it. Texas recovers at the 21 yard line. So, you know, it's an exciting game. Uh, Michael Hasman says, go all out. You need the grill as well. Oh, my God. Uh, David Madden, he says, proud channel member changed my life. See, at the, the life changing essence of Todd and I. <laughs> uh, wait you mentioned the men's basketball program they are what they're 10 and 2 uh 10 and 2 they're gonna, you know we start into conference play next obviously uh january and february are going to tell the tale of this team i've seen the one thing that bothers me is that i've seen people online refer to our strength of schedule in the 300s that that's complete bullshit nebraska's strength of schedule is like around 60 or something so, you know, it's not that bad. And I, I think it's I think they're gonna be worth watching. But Todd is right about wrestling. You owe it to yourself to go to like a wrestling tournament, a wrestling duel. It's it's a fun sport. You know, and if you don't know what's going on, just ask people. Just They'll literally just literally ask anybody who looks like a wrestling person and just say, Could you tell me how this works? You know. Because I, the, when I shot the Big Ten Wrestling Championship the first time in Minneapolis, uh, one of the one of the regular media people that covered wrestling all the time, he looks at me and he goes, "You're new here," and I'm like, "Oh shit, these people all know each other." And I said, "Yeah, it is my first time actually shooting a championship." And he said, "Okay, I'll tell you what to do." And he goes, "Here, you got to watch that, that, that." And he went through all these lists of these guys that I needed to get photos up and stuff like that. And of course, Gable Stevenson was the top guy. I knew that much, but you know, the other guys from like Rutgers and stuff, and I knew some about them, but just ask, just go to the sports. If you love sports and who doesn't, it's a fun, different experience. Go ask a girl out on a date and bring her to a wrestling duo. That'll get the, that'll get the blood flowing by God. You know, the other thing to say is that the Iowa team is down this year. They, they still are good. I mean, they still yeah. have top-notch guys. But I think the duel in Lincoln could be really competitive. I think that it could get really exciting. And if any of you are at all curious about the soap opera that is Iowa wrestling, when we're done here, just Google AJ Ferrari and watch the clips of him from this last weekend at a tournament that Iowa hosted. Now, he, he is, all rumors say that he's going to join the Hawkeye wrestling team, but after what he, after, oh, that's what he right. after what he did this weekend, I'm not sure that he'll be too accepted by Hawkeye Nation. Uh, anyway, um, a lot of drama with that. You know, we're kind of getting close. Let's throw a couple of these up. James Borbin says the running back from Oregon is visiting this weekend and possibly a Wake Forest wide receiver. Yeah, I kind of forgot about those, James. Thanks for bringing those up. 
sounds like those are both pretty talented players and it would provide, you know, there's, there's, I don't want to downplay the significance of a player, but these guys would be like top level depth. I mean, they might not come in and be, you know, the number one, but they would be like right there. You know, they, they, they would be those guys that have some experience that by game three or four, you know, you're probably seeing a lot of them. So, you know, that's, that's optimistic that we've got those guys coming on campus. Uh, Donnie Dre, Don Dre asks or says, Todd, does Nebraska have women's wrestling? No, they don't. Um, there's only a couple of Division I schools right now that do have a, a women's wrestling. University of Iowa is one of them. Uh, and there might be a couple of other ones out east. But, uh, you know, it's <laughs> there's your way to, to help with your Title IX numbers. Start women's wrestling. Your investment, it's a cheap sport to run. Um, and your, investment, your investment isn't real huge. So, um, and and David Matney, I, I kind of I saw this, and I, I this would probably be a good place for us to um, to kind of have a final conversation, if you will. Well, we have one more after that. Okay, and that's fine. Um, it says uh, it's apparent Matt Rule is a hard worker and has a great attitude. I think next year we are bull bound to change my mind. Um, I don't want to change your mind, Dave. I'm really hoping that that Nebraska is bull bound. And I, is Matt rule a hard worker? Absolutely. Uh, is he a great communicator? Absolutely. Uh, does he develop a strong culture from everything that we've seen? Yes. Does he understand the game? I think you can say that too. Um, you know, certainly there are things that we can pick apart if we really want to. Um, but the, the reality is, that until Nebraska gets to bowl games and until they start winning consistently, um, you know, this, the, you know, the, it, it's, it's still a question. It's still a question yeah. whether or not he's going to, whether or not he's going to be successful. So I hope so. Um, I am not going to drink the Kool-Aid. I saw somebody on Twitter today that went through the whole schedule and they <laughs> said 12 and 0 is possible. And I thought, <laughs> Just keep guzzling, buddy. Just keep guzzling that Kool-Aid, the Rule-Aid. I mean, holy moly. Let's get six wins. Let's get six wins and be and happy with the bowl. The, yeah. Okay, Fred, Fred Sacco says, John, don't get excited. There's a movie called Iron Claw, but it's not about the Baron, Baron Von Ransky. Have you heard of this movie? I have not. I think you should look it up. I, I think shall. you should. You know what? I'll tell you what, Fred, you bring that movie up next week. And Todd, you look into this movie. Uh, I'll leave it alone for now. And uh, David Manny says, I think the future is bright. You know, I, I do too. I think, uh, you know, I think 2024 is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to, like I said, it's going to be interesting. And no, that's not the Chinese curse. It could be God help us. Uh, Fred, go take a look at AJ Ferrari, and I guarantee you will not mix him up with John in no way, shape, or form. None. Zip, none, nada. Think Italian stallion. What are you saying about me? <laughs> Texas has scored and it's uh, tied up at 14 with 10:08 left in the second quarter. Uh, I think we've we've hit our hour mark. Uh, Don Dre says thank you, Todd and Fred. 
Well, I, we should probably invite Fred on here sometime. Uh, it's not dirty iron claw. I swear that's true. Uh, Vince Watson says after young guns, we need to have a day by day watch party. You know, that's not a bad idea. Maybe that's, maybe that's something we'll can do as long as we don't get into copyright issues. We'll figure this out because the off season is pretty much, you know, it's just almost here. Uh, and we'll figure out what we can do for fun during the off season. Husker Chuck says, would it be wrong of me to hope the women's wrestling team is attired like the gymnastics team? Well, not really. I don't think so. They won't be. <laughs> and it's, yeah, they won't be. Uh, and Washington just hit a pass all the way down to the 20, the 30. 23. So that's a good time to go watch the rest of this game unless you're like Todd and an angry old man who refuses. He's sticking to his word though. You got to give him credit for that. I'm uh, getting ready for I'm getting ready for uh Montana South Dakota State. I'm going to gear up for that one. There you go. There you at go. At the end of the week and uh, I'll cheer on my my Montana Grizzlies and I know that there's some jackrabbits out there but I will uh I've got uh, I got part of a part of a year as a grizz. <laughs> okay, Branson Chab gives us a two dollars super chat with a thumbs up. Thank you, you know, thank you, really, honestly, thank you to everybody yeah. that supported us in 2023. Uh, I did end up giving a thousand dollars to the uh, Team Jack Foundation just because, you know, I, I it's some, I did that video about it. It is something I would like us to start thinking about doing on a yearly basis. You know, if not Team Jack, maybe, I don't know, find something or someone, a cause. I, I think if you have a platform like this, I don't want to say it's obligated because that would, you know, everybody gets to make their own decisions. But I do think that, you know, if you can give something back to people, that's a good thing. So, well, 2024 is going to be a shit ton of fun. That's what it's going to be, sons of bitches. And if you're going to you go. stay here with us, we're going to make sure that everybody has a shit ton of fun. Maybe yeah, that thanks everybody for joining us. Fun. Okay. We, we really appreciate it. Good night, Todd. Hey, good night, John.